Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. Welcome to 5 After Midnight. It's a new show where we talk about the things the way you would around a sleep-deprived kitchen table. When you've run five or more calls after midnight, your brain feels half gone, and you and your crew have absolutely no filter. Just pure honesty. The goal of this series is to kick around the small things that really aren't so small and have a big impact in the way our firehouses function. My name is Stephanie. I'm genuinely not an expert at anything. I'm just here to ask the sometimes awkward questions. Enjoy. We've come too far, don't let this slip away. Fade out like they said we would. Well, hello, Michael. Hello. Thank you for having me. I didn't even introduce you yet. Nope. You just went straight to yep. the, that's some Maryland politeness right there. No, that's that's um, male egotistical. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we hate I, men. We hate men here. Never have I ever said that. So that's that's your own little category, buddy. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, I am here today with Mike Nasty, Michael Nasty, from Tip of the Spear Leadership. If you mm-hmm. haven't heard him, we will be discussing. His program, his podcast, and how he got started with that. So, welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me. Glad you're here. Thank you. Manhood so, and all. Manhood and all. This is a very nice uh, studio you have here. Very nautical and um, exotic. Why, and thank it's you. Very, very nice. Why, thank, thank you, you for it's having me. The fiddly fig in the corner is what brings the exotic. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. It's just something you get out of water. That's all you need to know. Even better. So, so Mike. Um, you and I have had many a conversation sure. about well, everything in the world, but we've had a lot of conversations about our struggles with modern leadership in the fire department mm-hmm. and how we feel that it's been cut down and edited down in its roles and responsibility since we first came in. Um, I want to talk about that today, but sure. first off, I want to talk about why you started this project in the first place. I mean, nobody wakes up and says, hey, I'm going to go take on a bunch of responsibility and start something. I'm going to go go put myself out there for people to mock and all the other fun stuff. No one wakes up and does that. What made you start this? Um, Well, I mean, to backtrack a little bit, and we've we've talked about this in the past, and and I've talked about it on a few other places. So um, I had a couple life events that happened. And I ended up getting hurt at work. It wasn't a a really crazy injury, but it was enough to put me off. And I don't know if I'm the only one like this, but if I'm off of work and I don't have my routine, if I'm out of my routine in any way at my brain tools. So I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what that means, but, you know, idle minds, I think, um, can create problems. And so while I was off, um, one of the one of the things that I talked about with somebody um, in the past was about doing a podcast, and I always laughed at him, and I never really thought about it, and I was like, I'm not really going to do that. And that person passed away, and then it kind of hit me really hard. It was right before Christmas, and um, <clears throat> I thought about it. I'm like, well, I don't know if I should do that. That kind of makes sense, and it's come up multiple times. And then I was just like, well, you know what, F it, I'm going to go to do it. And like I said, I, I got hurt at work on, um, right before Christmas Eve. And so I was home, I was home for Christmas, by, you know, not by myself, but I wasn't at work. So I was off for, I don't know, 
four or five shifts. I forget exactly how long. And, you know, I decided to start writing um, when I was working with somebody and they said, why don't you write about something that you like, something that you know? And I mean, I guess I'm that stereotypical guy where like, all I really know is the pirate department. So I just started writing all of that and they were like, hey, this is really good. You should do like a podcast or something. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. This is the second time I've heard that. That's kind of interesting. And, you know, I just, I decided, well, what do I like? I like leadership and I went and read through everything. And what I didn't realize was it was all about leadership and, and, um, self-improvement and, you know, um, trying to be a better version of yourself. I know that's kind of cliche, but that's kind of what I was thinking. And, um, I think one of the biggest things that I think it helped me with was, uh, being present in the moment. And when I say being present in the moment, it means pretty much, uh, the practice of fully engaging and experiencing, uh, the current moment without being preoccupied by thoughts about the past or the future. It involves focusing, um, your attention on what is happening right now, embracing the present experience with mindfulness and awareness. So with that being said, I kind of thought about it. I'm like, well, I'm going to close. I'm going to shut everything out. I'm going to just shut the world out, you know, and I'm going to start doing something. I got to do something with what I've been writing. So I was like, well, I'm just going to do an Instagram. I could figure out some kind of name and ended up leading to a tip of the spear. And then it, um, I was like, I can just do this Instagram and I could put a bunch of stuff up, get my brain thoughts out, dump How my brain. How love you. Very millennial. And then I could turn it off and nobody will ever know it was me. Right. And I was, I didn't think anything of it. So, you know, I kind of, I have some mentors and some people that I look up to and, and I talked to one of the guys and I was kind of like, Hey, look, this is what I'm thinking, you know? And, um, he has his own Instagram page. His name's Frank Malta. It's, uh, uh, the firefighting chief. And, uh, so him and I kind of clicked a little bit and I was like, well, I'm gonna force my friendship on him, whether he likes it or not. And, uh, so then I was kind of like, Hey, look, you do this. I kind of want to do the same thing how did you get started? So he kind of told me or whatever. And then it, it, um, it just kind of exploded. Like, I don't want to say overnight, but I mean, it was, you know, some interest for like a couple of days and then it just, it's, then you started posting fire porn pictures, started and for, videos fire and, porn and videos. Yep. Stayed with what I know and what I know people like, and it exploded. And then, uh, this guy, I forget his name. And he's probably going to kill me if he ever hears this, but, uh, he does, the kitchen table podcast anyway um so i was on his podcast and i'll correct that before the end of the day i'll figure out exactly what his podcast name was because i don't want to um leave him out because it was a big deal and uh he made me he had me go on his podcast and we talked and it was really good and then people started messaging me and then my followers went from like 200 to 2000 in a matter of a week like just explode and i'm like whoa and then people are like, hey, that was really good, you know, whatever. And this guy, Chris, he works out on the West Coast um, near Seattle. His, his Instagram is uh, the silent professional. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, uh, and he called me and he's like, you need to do a podcast. You were, you did really, really well. He's like, you seem like you know what you're talking about. And he's like, you own that podcast. If only they knew me. Um, and he's like, you own that podcast. You ran that whole thing. And, and it was, he's like, I'm very, I don't even know you. And I'm absolutely blown away. It was really good stuff. You need to do it. And I'm like, well, this is the third time somebody said something about me doing a third podcast. time's a charm. Three wishes or whatever his thing said, um, TJ's thing said, but yeah. So I was like, well, I got nothing else going on. I'm hurt. 
why not try it? And then now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. And then, um, but it's been, it's been a really good experience. And, and I think it has brought, I don't want to say fulfillment, but therapeutically, I think it's worked its way through a lot of things. Even my wife will probably tell you she hates it because she, I'm on my phone too much. Like, that's her right now. Um, I'm on my phone too much or she's like, you know, she gets a little frustrated with that, but the, the amount of fulfillment that I get from it and, and the feedback from people and all that other stuff, it's just been, it's been really good. Um, you know, I guess it kind of filled that void of purpose Mm -hmm. beyond, you know, having a kid beyond being married beyond, um, you know, working with my guys on my shift and all that. There's, there's that certain, I think, sense of giving back. Like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but... Human beings were, were created to be useful. Sure. Sure. And, and I mean, the amount of people that come to me for advice, I, I think that's where I really... Like, it really gives me um, fulfillment. It really um, makes me feel like... Mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big believer of having a mentor be a mentor, right? So, it really gives me that sense of, you know, like I'm doing something, Um I don't know. I don't really know how to say that, but like, I feel like there was a little bit of a void that I had for a, l- a long time. And now I feel like I've kind of figured out how to fill that. And it's, um, overall, I just, it's, it's helped a lot. So good. it's been good. You and I have an interesting dichotomy of a friendship because a, our counties, so we run mutual aid into each other's jurisdictions. So we're, we're both very familiar with each other's departments, but you are an officer and I am yes. not. Yes. So we get to have these fun little weekly skirmishes on, my opinion and your opinion and, and how we see things very interesting <laughs> how we see things differently sure but one thing we've always agreed on is you and i both came into the fire service very young yes 19 1920s ish 20 ish yeah 20 not not the year 1920 <laughs> let's clarify <laughs> yes let's clarify that 1920 people out there um sure and one thing we've always we've talked about that was a struggle for both of us is now that we are inching towards 40 one of us closer than the other to that it's obnoxious slash funny how some people will still bring up store oh remember when you did this and and you still have people judging you sure from your teenage years which is humorous yet not and i think that's given us an interesting perspective because we've gotten to sit back and view the changing years because we came in in the early 2000s and sure. it's just the fire department culture's different the culture society's so different. different and so coming in as babies yeah we might have to deal with a couple stories but we've also gotten to see such a change in how right. things are done and something you and i were recently talking about which is why we're here today is the change and i feel that officers have had so much stripped away from them. And what I mean by that is something that used to be a battalion chief's matter mm-hmm. um, or a captain's matter even now gets shot straight up to IA. And the ability to uh, police, guide, mentor, direct your own shift has really been taken out of the hands of a lot of officers as well as battalion chiefs. Um, How the heck do we turn that back around? Because that is not, you're not just here to get in 
the front seat of that rig sure. and give directions to the driver and it, tell the probie what line to pull. That's not right. what you are as an officer. You're so much more. How do we end up here and how do we turn that ship back around? So, yeah, I mean, a lot of things can happen and I'm a big notes guy. So I wrote a few things down and I figured they were going to come up. So, so we're here, right? So when you lead others, it's, it's always a privilege that is, um, you have to earn it. So it's not a right. Um, when you look in the fire, when you look at the fire service in general, the fire service in its most organic form or its most at the most basic level are three or four firefighters getting on an engine and an ambulance providing a service, whether it's suppression or whether it's um, EMS. I like that you left truck out of that. Fire truck. There could be trucks. There could be squad. Yes. And it's most, and that's the most basic level, right? So everything else, everyone else in that, in that, um, in that example, everything, everything and everyone else are just support. So what does that mean for leadership, right? Leaders and officers in the fire service are generalists. So when you're a generalist in my, I mean, again, this is, this is personally me. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to provide basically what they need to know, right? They, you, you'll tell them, Hey, this needs to get done. Here it is. Gives them some guiding principles and, um, you know, tell them exactly what needs to get done and allow them to do it. The firefighters or the workers, if you want to call them that, um, they're the subject matter experts. So how does that play into what you said? So if you're going to be at the top, that the higher you go, you still need to know what the most basic, fundamental job of the fire department is. Your mission statement, your county mission statement, or whatever jurisdiction you work for. What what is their mission statement? That's provide you know to protect life, property, the environment. That's basically what we do, and, it, and it's mo- a very broad stroke of the brush. That's what we do. So when you have people where their rank exceeds their experience they mistake luck for skill just because you did it a few things a few certain ways and everything worked out doesn't mean you did it right doesn't mean you know what you're doing it just happened to work out right Mm -hmm. so when you start falling into that and then you start running the ladder but you still don't understand how things work at the most basic level that's when you're going to start having people that start to hemorrhage those problems so they also, I think when you run the ladder very quickly, in my experience, is you don't develop relationships. Strong relationships with supervisors, subordinates is all about open communication, right? Trust and mutual understanding is important. It allows your employees, your firefighters um, to give and receive feedback, guidance, and mentorship. Um, and this will lead to improved performance and skill development. And I think when you micromanage people and you don't have that relationship, that's not going to build. So if you don't have that relationship, you don't have that good followership, and then you start moving up the chain of command, you're losing that. Mm -hmm. But while you lose that, you're not going to allow people or foster the environment for them to develop it themselves. You have to be a good follower. Um, Building positive relationships with supervisors will create opportunities. Um, Supervisors are more likely to advocate for those that they have a strong rapport and ultimately the relationships can contribute to a supportive work environment. So if you're not fostering those things when you're a follower, then when you become a leader or a chief or a lieutenant or a captain, whatever it is, 
you're not fostering that environment for those below you, it, 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 to me, it's going to create chaos. You're not going to allow them to develop. So then you create a, a bad, I'm not a bad environment, but you create a non-conducive environment to learning, right? So I think the other thing that people seem to miss and they, and they focus out on is, or focus out, they don't focus on is focusing on what you can control and what, and then communicate when you can't. I mean, how many times have things, and you know this as well as I do, you feel like your department, your shift, your station, your battalion, whatever, um, feels like it's a ship without a rudder. Hmm. Right? No comment. I mean, yeah. I mean, realistically. So you got to focus on what you can change and you have to work on it. And if you can't change something, you can't fix something, you have to communicate it. And if there's no transparency, and this touches on on what, what you said, there's no transparency. People are going to make up their own reality. I kind of wonder how much that current that current issue is because so firefighters for years underpaid, um, and I wonder how many people just that was the next step on the ladder to be able to afford housing in the area, to be able to afford a family, whatever. So we had people climbing a ladder faster sure. than it than it used to be. People used to stay in their their chosen lane of of comfort. You're saying now they grow that it goes faster than it did before? Oh, I think people okay. I, I think there's an expectation now. Here's your next step. You've reached a certain amount of years. Sure. If you want that payout, and this isn't everywhere. This isn't everyone who decides to promote. I mean in no way, shape or form am I saying that, but sure. I think no, that became a culture is this is yes. the natural next step. You have this time in. So as we had people across the nation climbing a ladder faster than they should have been, I wonder if as they came into roles of making rules, well, listen, I was lost in the sauce dealing with this situation. So we're going to go ahead and and pull that responsibility away from the officer, the lieutenant, the captain, the battalion chief, because I didn't do it well sure. or it overwhelmed me. So therefore, sure. we're going to pull that away and we're just going to focus on riding the seat versus focus on being a shift leader, focus on being a mentor, focus on creating problem solving abilities among your shift, those kinds of things. I kind of wonder if that's how we ended up here. So. Yeah, and, and I think people that micromanage or they over over supervise comes from a few things, and and I think it causes from comes from uh, inexperience, and, and and I think when you want to micromanage, so there's going to be times where you're going to have to micromanage, right? There's people I know somewhere out there. I know that there's a supervisor that will look at a at a, a Dave. And go. I know. I have to keep extra attention on Sorry, Dave. Dave. Sorry, Dave. If you're a Dave and you're not doing good at your job, pick it up. If you're a Dave, you're doing good at your job. Please excuse us. But no, I was just being funny. But <clears throat> there's a time and place for everything. But I think micromanagement gets stemmed from people that do not have supervisors, leaders, whatever their situ- whatever their um, role is, comes from people that are not confident enough in themselves to allow you to flourish or allow you to do your job. And I think when you micromanage and you oversupervise, oversupervision causes resentment while undersupervision causes frustration. So it comes into a balance. And when you are not confident enough because you haven't spent enough time doing 
whatever your command is, whether you're a battalion chief, a, a fire lieutenant, a EMS lieutenant, it doesn't matter what it is. When you don't have the basics and you don't have the confidence to know how to do everything, the basics, right? Brilliance and the basics will always lead, in my opinion, will always lead you to do okay because you're going to be able to tailor whatever it is to those needs. But if you don't have that, to have the confidence and the competence, because you always have to have competence to back every bit of confidence up, right? Or will eat you alive. It will eat you alive. And the confidence is important too, because in my opinion, and I'm getting a little off topic, but I want to say this one part is leadership and, 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 and being a good officer, you're going to have times where you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to be sure, but it's just as much theater as it is uh, reality. So by that, I mean, you can put on that confident face. You can put on in your mind, you could say, man, I don't know if this is the right idea, but I know my experiences, this should work. I am confident when I tell you this, you'll never know that I'm terrified. You'll never know my knees are knocking. Or my perf- my my more favorite example is if we, if you and I are going toe to toe because you, I think you did something wrong, I know you did something wrong. I know why, and I'm going to confront you about it. It's you, it can scare you. It's uncomfortable, but you'll never see that, right? You got to have that normal face. So you have to have the competence to back that up to know, little Billy didn't do it right, or no, this is the right decision for the situation. So when people don't have that, and then they start moving up and up, what I've noticed is smell fear. By the way. And if you don't, you, if you don't have that ability to back it up, I think that's I think oh. that's a human thing too. Because I think human nature, they're going to call you out. You're going to have people that are, and there's a lot of books about this. People conflict resolution. There's going to have people. You're going to have people that that just con- confront you for no reason. There's people that'll say, like I hear this all the time. Question every leader. If they're a lieutenant, captain, chief, whatever, question them. Question everything they do. Question everything they say. They have to prove to you that, that they're right. There's people out there like that, and that's okay. And that's okay, but it's just like the boy who cried wolf to me. If you continuously question every, this isn't towards you, this is just in general. If you question absolutely everything I say, there's going to come a point where I'm going to stop listening to you. However, however, and I've done this before, there's someone that I've worked with that I don't care what they have to say. Like, I'm not going to listen to you because you're, all, you do is com- all you do is have conflict with me. You question everything. You sit there and you know, you bash everything. The department's terrible. This, that, everything's incredibly negative. But there comes a point where this per- that person's going to be right. And you, as a leader, as an officer, need to understand. And that'll come from knowledge and your your confidence, your competence, and, and and your your brilliance in the basics. Where it'll come down to, you'll know. I don't like you, or I know you're questioning me. However, I think you're right, and it's okay to tell them they're right too. I wouldn't say for once. I mean, a broke clock's right twice a day, right? So take everything with a grain of salt. But what I'm saying is you shouldn't discount anyone. And I think discounting people just because of who they are or the interaction with them, I think creates problems. And then when people are not confident or people are insecure in their personal life, their work life, um, their abilities, their knowledge, all those things, that's when you're going to start seeing um those bad decisions, like you said. Well, I don't know how to do that. I, hey, don't worry about that. We're good. Well, and to that go back kind of stuff too. To go back to the the firefighters you mentioned who question everyone and everything, and and we both know uh, one of us in the room has that has that kind of personality. But if you, and that would be me, if you <laughs> walk in the room and you're solid from your first step in with your attitude and how you treat sure. people 
Sure. And those things, I am likely to stay quiet and observe. And then if your brilliance and the basics throughout the day, throughout that shift are solid, I'm going to stay quiet because then I look like an idiot questioning somebody who's clearly right. solid and knows their job. Why, sure. why would I do that? I'm, I'm not here to create chaos. Right. So that's how you deal with employees like that. Yeah. And, but you know, that there are, you, you, you still, eh, why am I getting so tongue tied over this? You still have to be present in the moment and you still have to, well, I'll make it back to that, but you have to still be a good follower, which I'm sure you are. I've never worked with you, but what I'm getting at is you need to, you still need to be a good follower. So if somebody co- that's in charge comes and says, Hey, we need to do, this is the goal. Um, this is the path that you should probably take. This is what I would do or whatever. Is it how you would do it? Probably not. Is it the way you think it should be done? Maybe not, but just do it. Right. And if, it, if there's really, if not, I mean, obviously illegal, immoral, unethical, all those things you don't do, you don't follow the orders. But if the guy tells you, Hey, this is the goal. Right. And then that'll allow that two way communication of, all right, Hey, you want me to do a, B and C. I think X, Y, and Z is going to be a better way to do it. They owe it to you to say, "What? Yeah, sure. If, I mean, if that's what you want to I'm, do." I'm not talking about going renegade on on every call. No, I'm not. We're, no, we're, I know. We're, we're going to follow the hierarchy no, 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 no. here. But no. What I mean by the the question, everybody kind of personality, is when that fire is hot, when that hallway is smoky, when something is about to go wrong. And my trust needs to be fully in you if you have presented with confidence throughout the entire day. Sure. I am more able to focus on my job and worry about you making a shitty decision if you have presented with that confidence and that brilliance and the basics to the person who questions authority. Sure. That's that's how you create ease in in firefighters like me. I should have clarified that a little bit and I didn't. So what I'm saying is firefighting it actually work on a working fire is different and what i'm saying is i mean for our performance appraisals only 10 percent emergency operations right so 90 percent of your job is in firehouse stuff not on calls things that's counting what so clips. that's what i'm talking about yes accounting paper clips counting paper clips that's what i'm talking about so your leadership your tests um you're going to get challenged by people, not like they're going to run up to you and, oh, I'm going to challenge you. No, it's just you're going to be challenged. They're going to, all those things that you're talking about are, are fostered off the call. And, and, I, and I, that's what I meant as well. So I'm not saying, I mean, once you go out the door and the bell goes off, it's a dictatorship. It's not a democracy. What I say goes, that's the way it is. These are my non-negotiables. These are my decisions. However, if you see something that's important, you have to say it. In the moment, I will do my absolute best to not discount it disrespectfully, but there are times where it's, hey, I need you to extend this line with a 50-foot section from the rear. Well, no, do it. That's it. Do it. Get it done. And, you know, we'll figure it out as we go along. Or, hey, extend it from the rear for 50 feet. Lieutenant, if we do that, we're going to be in the power lines or, I mean, whatever. Oh, okay, don't do that. Like, you know what I mean? You got to say something, but... If you are able, if you are lost in the sauce on things that are not stressful, they're not life and death, it's going to, it's not going to look good on calls, right? You're, you're not going to do that great. And people typically want to follow you because they respect you. So that's personal power, positional power. A lot of those things are fostered in the firehouse. So personal power, 
I respect Stephanie. She's a really good lieutenant. Um, her and I have mutual respect over time. We ran some calls together. Things went good. We ran calls together. Things didn't go so great. We came back to center. We did our tailbone critique. We figured out what was wrong. But she always seems to be able to make a decision. And she's very straightforward, direct, and holds me accountable. We have a good personal relationship. Her expectations are these things. Well, I want to go meet those expectations because I have a good personal relationship with her, right? Personal power. Mike, look, I need you to do multifamily dwelling inspection coordination for this year. It sucks. I need you to do it. Stephanie, I respect you. I'll do anything in the world for you. I got you. Or you have people that are, when you or you have things that are positional power. Hey, I'm the lieutenant. Um, mm-hmm. You need to, not that, pe- I'm not saying people start off with that sentence, but what I'm saying is. They start off with that attitude. Start off with that attitude where I don't like you. I have zero respect for you because you absolutely suck, but you're giving me a direct order. I, I kind of have to listen to it, right? And that when you have those, depending on which one you have, hopefully you have the personal power because that's the, the, the one that's fostered over time. You know, trust comes over time. Don't rush it. And trust comes from things of situations and experiences together. And I'm more likely to follow the person I have that personal rapport with that, that, that has personal power over me um, in really hairy situations where it's, hey, we have to go push down this hallway. And I'm like, mm, this doesn't look that good. But I respect Stephanie. We've been here before. It's worked out. She has good judgment. And if for some reason I think it's bad, I know she'll listen to me if I say we got to back out. And then if she says, no, we're not backing out. We need to keep going. Things don't look that bad. I'm going to follow her because I trust her. We've been down this road before. Whereas, same scenario, Billy, the officer that has that has to flex his bars, says, mm-hmm. hey, we need to go down this hallway. Nope, not safe. Looks like it's going to flash. Hot. No visibility. Can't make it. Or whatever. Whatever the situation is. That may be a bad example, but that's the point, right? You're not going to listen to somebody like that. You're not. And where you, I think as a leader, you don't want to be in that position. And, and I feel like, you know, I mean, there's always the... It's hard to say, it's hard to say that I guess because if I tell you to do something you need to do it right so then you kind of start conflict conflicting with the direct orders and 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 the dictatorship on on the fire ground but you know it all comes back into the firehouse it all comes back into the micromanagement or fostering trust and it trust is trust right and and I think um you have to foster those things in the firehouse, which goes back to what I was saying about that whole 90-10 thing. 90% out of the firehouse, 10% in the firehouse, or 10%, 10% on calls, 90% in the firehouse. There we go. Thank you. Um, that extra work in the firehouse, building relationships, building communication, not micromanaging, giving a clear, concise direction of what needs to be done. You're, they know your intent. They know your guiding principles. They know your expectations. They know they're going to be held accountable. And I think, I mean, that's what I think. I think that's where you get that. You get that return as a, as a leader or as an officer. So brand new Lieutenant Stephanie walks into the firehouse. Mm -hmm. Words we'll never, never hear in real life. Hopefully. You're only limited by yourself. Words of uh, where, where do I start? I mean, I've taken this test. I've passed this test. How do I build myself into this being and leader that I need to be? Brand new Lieutenant Stephanie in the firehouse. That will never happen. Um, I mean, 
We're going real stretch of the imagination. We're going to go. We're going to go real stretch. This is something that I've I've been through myself. Um, you know, I've walked in as a new officer. I think the transition from firefighter to uh, officer is one of the most difficult transitions there are. Um, everybody knows who you were before you became an officer. They're going to hold you accountable to that. All the shenanigans of the past. All the shenanigans. They're they remember everything you've said. They don't forget a single thing. And any mistake you've ever been made, you've ever made is going to come back, right? So if you were, even and you, if you were just a teenager at the even time, even if you were a teenager, you still need to remember, you know, all your past sins. And there, you know, you, you don't think like an officer when you're a firefighter. Your mind and your 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 observation of the world is going to be different. And it kind of goes back to being present in the moment. This is the second part of what I was going to say earlier. Is um. You have to practice mindfulness and practicing mindfulness and cultivating self-awareness can help you to develop the ability to be present in the moment as a leader. And I think why that is, is when you create a sense of uh, focus and you have enrich enrich your connections with others, um, it's going to help cultivate a deeper appreciation for the simple things that you are going to engage your simple interactions with others and um the opportunities and experiences will come in the pre- will come in the moment so what does all that mean so like i said before they're going to walk it you're going to walk in they're going to know who you are so if you didn't tuck your shirt in and now all of a sudden you want these guys to tuck their shirts in they're going to know that they're going to remember that if you are the guy that had the mask problem all the time or you just kind of you were a blister you kind of show up when the work's done right you ever heard that before mm-hmm. blister if you're one of those guys they're going to remember that and you know, the best thing you can do is find out what your expectations are. I mean, that's only something you can figure out on your own or not expect it. Your standards, your non-negotiables, and you then you have to hold people accountable. And the best way to push those things across is you walk in and you have to lead by example. Yeah, you know what? I used to never tuck my shirt in. I would show up 20 minutes before work, not an hour before like I do now. And, you know, I show up, my uniform's crisp, clean, my shoes are shined, all that, whatever. You know, but I'm going to lead by example. These are the things I expect from you, and I'm going to personify all of it. So how much of that is also, you you can backtrack and and save that that perception by, hey, listen, I've, I've been the blister, or I've, listen, I've been the messy person with the backwards baseball cap and the shirt sure. untucked. Guys, I have, I have done this. I have been this. Can we try to be better than I was? Yeah, and and that I think that's something that people miss the mark on so often is sure. Just, just be honest with it. We'll be honest with it, but also, I mean, don't shoot yourself in the foot either, right? No, I mean, you, you just w- be honest within reason. Yeah, like you don't have to walk in and be like, "Hey, I used to be a slob." Blah. No, what you should, I mean, you should say something. If you show up in uniform, you show up early, you look crisp, you look clean, and you say something to the effect of, you know, "Hey, look, these are my expectations. I know there's times where people are lax, you know, whatever." These are my expectations. My non-negotiables are you, you got to be in uniform. I don't know, shirts tucked in on calls or what, whatever, whatever you decide, whatever standard you want. And then you can allow flexibility from there. And you can, I don't want to say you can back off, but then, you know, timing can have certain things. So I personally think you should under, you should respect your past, but don't dwell on it. Because the other thing though, too, is I like that we talk a lot about Oh, well, they knew who you are before you got there or all this stuff. Yeah, but you know what? They also probably don't give a shit. Uh-uh. So 
am I not allowed to grow as a human being? Exactly correct. And I don't think any adult in here can't say who they are, who they were three years ago. There's only two of us is in here. Different. You can't say you're not a better person than you were. Well, hopefully than you were three years or change or you, whatever development. So what I'm getting at is if you walk in with all that negativity, talk about how oh, I used to do this crap. I used to blah, blah. No, ignore that. I didn't put my finger up like one second. Hold on. I would, I want to finish my sentence before I forget. I pop, that was, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You're good. Pinky was up. So it wasn't a, it was a, like a, I'm Italian. I'm telling your wife, finishing okay. my point. Like this is my it's Italian, very Italian finger. Keep going, Mike. Um, crap. No, I forgot what I was saying. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no. We were discussing and, and what I was gearing up to say, and hopefully this jogs your memory, is I, I saw a quote today that I really liked. And it was something of the effect of, if you don't look back on who you were three years ago and be embarrassed, I feel sorry for you because we all should have grown a lot within three years is, is the basis of, uh, I mean, it was much more eloquent than that. But it was the basis of it. And that's that's what you're talking about right now. Sure. Is, listen, schmuck, we've all sure. grown. You know, throw something in my face from five years ago. That's sure. fine. Hopefully you're a completely different person than, than you were five years ago. Yes. Uh, yeah. So what I'm saying is the other thing too, don't shoot yourself in the foot, right? You, you can work with people. They're like, yeah, I heard this. I heard that. I heard this. I mean, there's people that have come in that I don't like at all that I've worked for. And I'm like, you know what? In my mind, just because through my life experience, well, I'll give them a chance. I mean, whatever. How bad could it be? And I had someone fairly recently that I worked with um, that was not on my crew, but I I interacted with them regularly. And it did not start off so great. And looking back on it, they're probably one of the best people I've ever worked with because we developed together together. So there's a lot of headaches or a lot of uh, headbutting. And then um, we kind of like figured out like what our space or not our space kind of, you know, stay in your lane kind of thing. A lot of that was kind of on me, I think. And then we were both able to be open-minded with each other. And what ended up happening was we developed a respectful relationship. It went beyond work. We were, we were actually able to talk amicably. Then we were able to talk respectfully. Then we started going to each other for advice and it turned into a great relationship. And I think that was all because, you know, as I got older, I had that life experience where I know I'm like, well, I'm not going to completely discount this guy. And I'm glad I didn't. So I guess what I'm getting at here, and your quote was really good, um, but I think what you need to do is you need to be able to put people, put their priorities first. So I know we're here to do a job. So I, I may not like you. You have baggage with you and, and, and we didn't get along in the past and that's fine. But I know I've changed. Maybe you have too. Let's just see where it goes. So that's what I meant by like, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Adulting. We should Adulting. Be Being a mature adult. It's really weird when you're a mature adult and you treat people with respect. Right? Even I don't want to say if it's fake, but I mean, there's people that I do not like that I interact with. And I'm not going to be vindictive or rude, but I, if I don't like you, we don't get along, whether it's personal, professional, whatever it is, what I've learned in my life is default to professionalism, right? So if I'm at work and I don't like you, I'm going to default to treating you respectfully. I'm going to talk to you properly. I'm going to talk to you the way a professional should because I'm a professional firefighter, right? I'm not going to sit there and be rude and shitty to you. That's not how I, that's not how I carry myself. Or if we're in outside of work and someone, I'm going to be polite to you. I'm, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's good. And that's it, right? 
It's not fake. And I, I think in the beginning of my career, I very much fell into the trap of thinking that it was fake if I didn't show my opinion of you. And, that, and that's something I admittedly did very, very wrong. It's your ego, too. Uh, that was your ego. Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah. Well, call, same way. Call it what it is. And now it's a, no, my mama raised me better. Listen, I don't, I don't have to be rude to you. I don't have to, but I'm also not inviting you over for Sunday dinner, right? I don't have time. It's. I don't have the mental capacity for it. I can't do it anymore. And that's, that's half it's of what it is. It's much easier. It's age. It's, 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 it's exhaustion and age. You know, exactly. And, and, you know, I'm not a, again, like I said, I, I don't search for conflict, but there was the longest time. If I had the, if I had the opportunity to drop a hammer and be an absolute asshole mm-hmm. to somebody, I would have done it. And all I learned was over time, everything's a big circle. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what's happening. Things are going to go, they're going to go out and they're going to come right back at you. You get situations, people, relationships. Those all those things are going to start coming back to you. They're going to see them full circle. So like, you know, there's all these, think of all these challenges you have as a firefighter, right? The people, the stuff you watch your officers go through, stuff you put your officers through, stuff you had interaction you have with your officers. You're going to be like, oh man, you're gonna, you're not going to forget those situations or relationships or all those things. And the way you acted may be less than desirable. And what you're going to see is, you know, just generalizing 10 12 years later, those situations of people are going to, they're going to circle and come right back into your life. Whether it's how you interact with somebody, a situation plays out. It's hard to explain, but what I've noticed a lot in my life, in my personal life and my, and my professional life is, wait a minute, been through this before. The last time I told this person to go fuck himself, not doing that again. And then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll go to that. I'll default to that professionally. Hey, let's talk about this. Hey, look, I'm not questioning you. Just want to know what's going on. Let's talk about that. Hey, you look pretty angry. Take a few minutes, collect yourself. I'm going to go over here. Are you ready to talk? Come talk to me. And that's not how I would normally talk to people. It would be, hey, motherfucker, get in the office. I'd slam the door shut and I'd freaking rip it, rip into them. Didn't work. Or maybe it would work and they would just stop and listen. But you also got some people that really don't give a crap what your rank is. Mm-hmm. You don't talk to people like that. And that's the point, Right. So when you slow down and now instead of letting your ego get ahead, you feel like you have something to prove to yourself or, well, I'm young. You're not going to talk to me like that. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work. Like, and that's why it's left in the past and that's why it is the past. So when these things start cycling back and I think when you walk in with, like we said, um, maturing and that life experience, I, I feel like it just gets, it's easier to deal with or you have a better return. Well, and I think... So we're adrenaline junkies. I mean, call it what it is at the end of the day. Sure. And something about us does like confrontation and a little bit of drama. And I, do I love drama. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be involved in it, but I just want to listen to it. Like, I don't, it is sometimes fun to watch. But yeah. that that younger younger age that we were both admitting to, um, it, it's funny because I used to just, if you were headed down a path of saying something stupid i was practically sal- salivating at the chance to just sure jump on you and mash it. beat you over the head with your own stupid stick and make you look like the idiot that you are and now it's in my older years a matter of nobody has ever once learned when i have when i've beat them over the head with their own stupid stick and in fact calls were then awkward 
afterwards. And the rest of the day was awkward. And that might not have affected me because of my personality, but who else did in the room did it affect? It stayed quiet. And at the end of the day, it did affect that one person. And that one person is an integral part of the team. I need them on calls. Sure. So at the end of the day, it's just not useful. Yeah. And forget maturity. It's just, yeah, it's not but even well, sound tactics. There's a little bit. I think once you're matured, you realize respect goes a long way and how you treat people takes them a long way. That'll start working back into that um, personal power, right? right? Think about how you talk to people, right? If somebody comes up to you, they're, they're kind of a jerk the, every time. They're not going to, they're not going to listen to you. You order me to do something or you tell me as the chief to listen. You tell me as a lieutenant to listen. All right, I'll listen to you because I mean, you told me to, but. I'm not going to go above and beyond. I'm going to do exactly what you tell me and I'm that's it. I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to listen. Yeah, okay. You want me to sweep the floor? All right, whatever. I'll sweep the floor. That's fine. Or as if you come up and you start screaming at somebody, hey, motherfucker, go sweep the floor. You're probably, probably going to just walk away from me. I'm not going to even gonna listen to you. So I'm going to take that broom and I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, exactly. So shred it across the floor of your office or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we got a call. Well, now I'm going to go sit at the hospital for four hours on purpose while you guys back at the firehouse do all the housework because now you're being a dick and I'm, I'm out. See you later. And I think that's something that there's ways people can put that back on you when mm-hmm. you, when you start acting like that. And, you know, like I said, though, I, I think. I mean, they're just like parents. Like if your dad, mom and dad scream and yell at you and hit you all the time, you're probably not going to listen to them. But if your parents are stern, hold you accountable, and then they say the old, well, you know what? I'm just disappointed. Not mad. Oh, it's the worst. I'm disappointed in you. And, the best and think of leaders. how that feels. And they, I'm telling oh, you, there's somebody. It's been devastating. The I best have, officers I've had. I've, some of the best officers I've had, and there's two, there's two in particular, um, Three in particular, actually, excuse me. One I go to for advice almost every day, and the other two are mentors on a different level. But I have a lot of respect for them, and and just in time, I can tell they have respect for me. But there's been plenty of times where it's kind of like one guy absolutely will smoke you. He'll make you feel about this big, and then somehow, some way, after he absolutely destroys you. You're going to feel better coming out of it. I have never had somebody make me feel so incredibly bad about not meeting the mark. Mm. And then afterwards, knowing it's going to be okay because we're going to fix it. I've, it, it's a complete mind fuck. And I'm like, whoa. But that's the point, right? So if you really respect someone or you foster that trust, they're going to want to do those things for you. And then all you have to do, like you said, is, you know, hey, man, look, I'm not mad at you. We got a fire taken away from another company because you failed to post. You failed to do whatever it is because we haven't trained you enough. You haven't trained yourself enough. You haven't held yourself to the standard to do whatever. You know what, dude? Today was your day to do this and, and you didn't. I'm just... I thought we were at that different level and I'm, and I'm just disappointed. We could have done so much better. We're better than this and I'm just disappointed. I well, need you to I'm think about that. feeling guilty. Just... Right. Yeah. Jesus. So, yeah. Jesus, so Mike. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, and that's kind of all you have to say to them because there are those people out there that you're going to interact with that I've experienced where it's like, you know, Hey, the biggest thing you need to do though, too, when things don't go correctly or they're not, you're not up to snuff, whatever it is, unless it's grossly negligent, what happened? Cause there's been a lot of times where I'm out, I'm red hot about something and I don't know what happened. I didn't see it. All I know is whatever objective a was, wasn't done or whatever. 
and I'm pissed and I'm coming out and what I've learned is what happened? Oh, X, Y, and Z. All right. Well, that, that kind of makes sense. I, I guess I can see why you didn't do whatever that task was or that task didn't get done in a timely manner. Or my personal favorite is, yo, dude, we didn't meet the mark. What happened? I fucked up. I, I'm not going to make excuses. I screwed up. I just, we'll, we'll train and we'll fix it. All right, cool. Like, don't do it again. You can't say, oh, my bad all the time. But, and you know who those people are that continue. Oh, my bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. Because it's two-way street now, right? That whole, oh, I'm disappointed thing, disappointed thing doesn't work unless you disappoint them again. They're going to absolutely drop the hammer on you. So, I mean, there's that side of it. Um, so, yeah. So, brand new lieutenant, be present. Yeah, Take yes, accountability yes, yes, for yes. past actions. Set your expectations. Mm-hmm. Don't be a don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Be a have that personal why, not that positional why. Figure out how it is you are going to relay behavioral correction. So sure. whether it be the disappointment or you know, figure out your style of saying not acceptable. Let's be better. Sure. What else? So parting, parting words, parting words. I got a couple things. This might be a little drawn out and I apologize, but I think these parting paragraphs, these are, these are a little important. Um, when you transition, uh, when you transition from a firefighter to an officer, it's a, it's a significant step in your career and it's going to be filled with a lot of new responsibilities and challenges. Embrace them. They're fun. They don't, they don't feel that great in the moment, but just like anything else, anything worth having isn't going to be easy. And you you have to put the work in for it. Um, hopefully, as a firefighter, you've already determined that this is what you want to do. You want to take the next step as an officer, and that you're able to demonstrate uh, you're courageous. You know th- that kind of stuff. Like um, it's a little cliche, but you're able to do teamwork. You're able to work well with others, be personable, and all that stuff. Um, but now, when you're an officer, um, you're going to be tasked with leading and actually being accountable for those people. You're going to be accountable for critical decisions. Um, you have to make sure you ensure the safety and well-being of your crew and everyone else. So I forget where I heard the analogy, but it's kind of like going to the beach with your kids or going to the beach, right? When you're single and young, you go, you may go with a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. You got your cooler with what you want to drink, throw a little bit of suntan lotion on, whatever. But now when you're married, or if you have kids, you just go with your kids. Now, does is anybody drowning in the water? Where do they go? Do they run off? You got sunscreen on? Okay, this one's hungry over here. That one over there needs to go to the bathroom. Really not making me want to be an officer over here, Mike. Sure, but you you know, it, it's just like being a parent. And and I think one of the most rewarding things in my life was when I became a parent. I had a kid, and what I found was a being a parent made me a better officer. Being an officer has had transitions into being a parent, but I do truly think that once I became a father and had a kid, I think I grew exponentially. And I'm not saying that because I'm saying people are like kids. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is now you don't just think about yourself. You have to think about everyone else. So the point that I'm making with that is the transition requires a shift in your mindset and you have to embrace a new level and you have to take responsibility of guiding and inspiring everyone with you and around you. So with your experience, your skills, and your dedication, you should be well positioned to excel in this role and um, 
you need most of all you're gonna make a lasting impact in others whether it's good or bad and one thing i've learned personally is i have never felt so rewarded such a rewarding time in my career or life um personal or my professional life as i have as being an officer because now i feel like i can advocate for people i can work for them i can open doors for them that they may not been able to do I can stand up for them when something's wrong and somebody's coming after them and it's wrong, right? Because you have people that go after others for vindictiveness. They use mm-hmm. their power and I can walk right in front and be like, uh-uh, stand by. And I'm not saying that cliche, oh, I'm the officer. The bus, the book stops with me. I'm talking about actual action of doing that. Protecting your people. And that comes from confidence, knowing your job, knowing their job, knowing when they're right, knowing when they're wrong and knowing why you're standing up for them. You're not standing up for them blindly because there's a difference, Right. If you know they're wrong, hey, chief, I got this, stand by, you and I are going to talk, whatever, whatever, and then that doesn't happen ever again, and you hold them accountable, whether it's through training, discipline, or education, Um, and then you're going to love this. Well, hold on. Kudos for that last one, because I feel like that is something that's gone with the wind. Um, It's something that somehow slipped away. Reminder to officers that these are your people, you are responsible for them. Sometimes that means being a heat barrier between yeah. them. And, that's your job. Yeah. You, it's what you sit up for or what you sign up for. And that's a two-way street though, too. No, I agree. Right? So that needs to be I, I something. can't be out there constantly screwing up and bringing You can't be constantly you. screwing up. You can't think just because someone's an officer, they're going to suck. You can't think man- screw management. You can't think. You can't always continuously be negative, right? You have to meet those officers and those leaders halfway by being a good follower, Right. Being good followership is always important. And, you know, it's again, like I said, it's it's two way street. If they don't deserve your followership, work within what they can do within their positional power. Default to professionalism. And that's it. You know, I'm not saying don't be a don't don't just be a a, a no person just to be an asshole is what I'm getting at. And there's people out there that are like that. Everything's negative. Everything's terrible. Everyone's out to get you. Don't be that guy or girl. Just be positive. And then if they can. That officer gives you reason to be that way, and that's on them. That's one hundred percent on them. Um, and the last part of this, and I'm, I apologize for going down this rabbit hole, and you're gonna, you're actually going to like this. Um, it doesn't have to do with baseball, does it? It does not. It's 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 Thank even God. better. This is from one of your posts about. Oh God. Uh, yeah, you know you. You can't use you my gotta, own words against me. You gotta. You have to love and care for everyone, even someone that you don't personally like. They're still on your crew and you take care of everyone. And so, the way you take care of everyone is the way anyone is the way you take care of everyone, especially when it comes to your crew. So what post are you quoting here? Leaders eat last. You talked about it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say your exact quote, but I saw that and I just started laughing. And the reason why I started laughing is it wasn't towards you. It's you. I've seen people, well, go ahead, go ahead and eat. I'll go last. I'll go last. I'll go last. That's well, you're losing, you're missing out the point. The point isn't when you physically eat. Now, if you stand in the back of the line because you're consistently doing that for the purpose of allowing them to get their food and that's that's your thing, then I get that. I respect that. But it goes beyond that. So leaders eat last. It's a phrase popularized by Simon Sink in his book of the same name. It conveys the idea that true leaders prioritize the well-being and success of their team members before their own their own needs. It emphasizes the importance of selflessness, service, putting the interests of others first. A leader needs to make sure their team members are taken care of before they eat. 
the concept extends to leaders taking responsibility and taking care for the team's welfare. So it, it in the moment, it is about the food. Like it can be about the food, but again, like I said before, how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you continuously put their needs ahead of yours with your actions, your words, um, consistency and all those things, I think standing back in the lunch line or the dinner line will be a, um, symptom of that, not how I'm going to apply it. Right. That's just like parade racked hose lines on engine companies. I love them. But what I'm saying is you could have a parade racked engine. It looks great, good for pictures, cool for Facebook, all that. But then you suck. Your focus is on the wrong part. It all needs to be tertiary symptoms, not the focus, if that makes sense. So that phrase has been so bastardized within the fire department because we we do line up for our dinner, right? And because of that, people have taken that and will physically sometimes do that. I've seen gentlemen do that. Um and it's been a no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, I'm a lieutenant, whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my stuff last. But here's the question. What are you really telling me? You're telling me that you're going to do this one action to make a point to try to get my respect. When in reality, uh, you're, you're going out the door at the same damn time I am. I need you to be operationally ready. Sure. We've all been running the same amount of calls, sweating sure. the same sweat. Sure. All of this stuff. No, I need you to get in here with us. Because you are one of us and you are doing the same work sure. as we are doing. Sure. So there are two sides to that coin of what a gentleman who wrote a book who sits behind a desk or sits in his comfy lounge chair by the fire and writes said sure. and the reality sure. of we we do work a job where we are lining up sure. to scarf down dinner and be back out the door in five yeah. minutes. Yeah. And now if you take those same captains and you know continuously without a doubt, they always take care of you. They put your needs first, uh, whether that's through, you know, again, holding you accountable for whatever um, standard they, they, they hold, or they're always making the right decisions. They're always, every interaction that you have, it doesn't matter what's going, if it's in the firehouse on a call with you personally, man, Captain Bill, he's, I can tell he cares. He's genuine. He's sincere. And he says, hey, I'm good. Go ahead. But you also know that that captain has a little snack. So he kind of, that's what I do. I'm a little snack guy. So that way. We need to just come up with a new phrase instead of leaders eat last. But that's, but so that's the point, right? Is the, is the cliche-ness, right? The men, the mission, and me. The mission, the men, the, whatever the book is. Now I'm, I'm going to misquote it. I'm going to screw it up. But there's people that are like, oh, well, I read the, the men, the mission, and me. The guys come first. Well, no, the mission comes first. What's the mission? I mean, you have to figure out what that mission is, but the mission's going to come first. And then everything falls into place afterwards. So when you focus only on the title and then you go sit in the lat, the back of the line, or if you say the mission, the men and me, the men come first, the, 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 or the crew comes first, whatever, but then you let them do whatever they want and you don't hold them accountable. You don't set the standard. You don't make the decisions. You don't assert yourself. You don't, you know, you don't push off leadership you're not doing anything besides using a cliche title name exactly like you said. So here's what, what really bugs me about it. And this is the crux of it. I gotta look up what crux means because I don't know what that means. So yeah. people, Proceed. people actually will say, oh, no, 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 they'll wave you on when you say, hey, Lou, Cap, whatever, jump in. And they will say that to you. No, no, no. Officers eat last. And it's obnoxious to me that you have to say that to me. The best officer I've ever had in my entire career was a battalion chief that when we went out that door 
it's at the company I'm, I'm still at. Um, and he would finish dinner. He would, he would be, he'd be walking across that bay from his battalion chief's office to say, Hey, what needs to be finished with dinner? And he would go do it. And he would eat last. Never once did he say, I am a leader. I am eating last. Never (laughs) once. Right. But he would be fidgeting with stuff. He would, you know, be checking on the coffee or whatever. And he would do little things to stay out of that way. Sure. And you didn't pick up on it until you had been there for a while with him. Sure. What he was doing, because he's in a buggy, he's running fewer calls than you are, so he is eating last. But the point is, the man didn't have to say it out loud to be a leader. Sure. He just did it. And that, exactly. That's, he understands what the point of eating last is, right? The point isn't, I'm eating last. I'm at the end of the line. I'm good. Which is what we've done as a fire department. Which people do, sure. And I think if people have to say, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, or I'll go last, you know, I I don't know. I don't think that's good. I mean, I've had situations where I'd be, they'd be like, hey, LT, go ahead. I'm like, I'm good. Um, Let me use the bathroom real quick. So I'll walk out. I don't don't know when you go to the bathroom, but I'm letting them go because they're on the ambulance, the medic unit, a busy unit, whatever. They're going to get crushed. I'm not. I'm going to ride expression and... You know what I mean? So, but when you make coffee, that affects everybody. When you're doing little things like, I don't know, cleaning a few dishes while everybody's getting food, that affects everybody. Mm-hmm. The point the point isn't the coffee, the fidgeting, all that. The point is you're doing things that affect everyone, so you're putting their, their well-being ahead of yours. That's the overall, I think, theme of what that means and people, unfortunately. Well, if I eat last and I say it out loud, I'm a leader, which could not... So I will continue to mock that phrase. Be farther, and you can farther from to, the truth. Yeah, okay. farther from the truth. I saw that. I just started laughing. And then you hit me up about doing this. And I was just like, wait a minute. Can't use my own went, Instagram posts against me. Went right back. And I was like, and I screenshotted it. And then I just, I sat down, like I told you a couple of days ago, and I just started writing out things I think that would come up. Or I'm a note, like I said, I'm a big notes guy. So it, it I was really happy to pull that out. And I was really hoping it could happen. <laughs> really very satisfying. Congratulations. Thank you. Using my own words against me. I like it. No, definitely. That's what I'm here for. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, where can people find you? So uh, my Instagram, I do, uh, t- it's called Tip of the Spear Leadership. And if you, you know, you just go in there and search, it'll be tip underscore of and all the way through leadership. Search that. It'll come right up. You search Tip of the Spear Leadership on Facebook. It'll come up. And then for LinkedIn and Facebook, I just my name, Mike Nasty, N-A-S-T-I. It should come right up. Um, and then um, email would be Tip of the Spear Leadership at gmail.com with periods in between. So if you want to reach out to me. I'll post all your information. There you go. App. If you want to reach out to me, I think uh, Instagram or email is probably the best. I'm not that great with LinkedIn and Facebook. It's my personal Facebook. So. I probably won't answer it. I don't really meant, I mean, I might troll, but I don't, I don't do it. I don't post anything or any of that shit. So. Well, thank you for doing this. Thanks for taking the time and thank you for starting that project. It's been a a good source for me personally, just to see the different guests you have on and, and the way the conversation goes and to hear different perspectives from corners of the country other than where you and I are currently Yeah, no, thank you. And it's been, it's been a good experience and, you know, I appreciate the time, your time having me come on here. It's it um it's an honor, and uh, you know thank you, and keep doing what you're doing. You got some really good stuff, and, and I enjoy your show. Thank you, Mike. 
Good one.